when the person has uh, fear, fear is emotion, because when the fear comes, we can feel it literally in our fingers, in uh, the structure of uh, our body. We cannot move even, we cannot walk. So if uh, we live on uh, high emotional tones, we move, we run, we swim, mm -hmm. we jump, we go to, I don't know, uh, we go to the plane to jump with parachute, we make paragliding, we make snowboarding, because we are moving. Even that uh, we have some, of course, processes and hormones are produced, but still we are on the topest uh, points of our emotions and we enjoy it. And we're not stuck with uh, our muscles. And fear, uh, when it is low motion tone, emotional tone, uh, the person can feel it, and the person is uh, seeing everything through this, uh, through this emotion. Welcome to Long Live Podcast. I'm your host, Asa Trichikoskaita. I'm here to remind you the power of your mind and that you are the creator of your life and your story. In today's episode, I'm talking with Ksenia Friasova. She's a photo art therapist. She focuses on subconscious mind and gives tools to develop the emotional intelligence for people. She teaches how to express hidden emotions in a safe way through art. Ksenia has the gift of seeing where people are stuck and helps them to unravel the thinking process behind it as a psychologist. She is also a freediving psychologist that helps people to achieve their goals, go to the depth or hold the breath during the apnea static. She organizes retreats and workshops to help people reconnect with water, to have less fear and more trust in their bodies. And she encourages her clients to express their uniqueness. In today's conversation, we talked about fears, other hidden emotions, and how they impact our life and how we show up as human beings in our lives. Let's jump right into it. Hello, dear Xenia. It's so good to have you on the podcast. I was just sitting here and thinking about all the amazing and beautiful conversations that we had with you. And I was getting goosebumps. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and I think you know what it means. And the first thing that I want to start with is there's this idea that people are saying to follow your excitement. And I was like, yeah, it sounds really great. But until you told me that if you're getting goosebumps doing something or interacting with someone, that's the thing that excites you the most and you should be doing and following. So I want to talk to you about it, like where this idea came to you about the goosebumps. And yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, wow. What an interesting question. Yeah, actually, goosebumps is an amazing thing that uh, every single person on the earth knows, kind of. Um, I would pretend that everyone knows what goosebumps is. Uh, if uh, to follow this excitement, there is a pure knowledge from inside that this person is on the right path. It's kind of the truth. And it's about the connection of the mind and the body where the body guides uh, to an amazing path, there the person can go and just to try. Um, this is, I think about it. It's about the truth. It's about the connection of the mind and the body. Yeah, and you are a psychologist. You 
talk a lot about emotional intelligence. Yes. And I love how you explained it because for me, how you put it into, yeah, into words, into an explanation, it was kind of like a, a different view, a new view. And you said that it's important to connect the mind and the body. Mm -hmm. So how do you see we create emotions and how can we be more in our bodies? Mm. Well, more about to be in emotions in the body. Okay. Uh, yes, emotional intelligence is about uh, to identify and manage emotions. And we need to talk first about emotions themselves, what it is actually, because usually people don't get the difference between sensations, emotions, feelings, emotional tones. It's just like the mix of everything. But if to go a little bit further and deeper in understanding, so it's actually a very simple structure. We are reactive people. We are reactive beings, I would say like that. So we first react and we cannot control our reactions. It's about sensations. So we react on external on uh, or internal circumstances with our sensations through our organ organs of uh, perception. Uh, what we see, how we uh, react, what we hear, what we smell, what we taste and what we sense uh, through our skin. It's about sensations. So, uh, then uh, we can have potentially emotions if the mind decides uh, to activate them or not. So, this is it. It's about um, emotions, yes. And yes, it's, uh, it's important to connect the mind and uh, the body. The body itself, it's about emotions. The mind is about uh, deciding <laughs> to have them or not to have. So, uh, I think, uh, yes, it's, it's always important to connect uh, and to have uh, this uh, uh, whole connection. And because it's about uh, trust and it's about being open to the, to the world itself. And, uh, yeah, I think it's about trust. If to be connected to the body and to, to the mind, it's much more easier to live in this world, to be expressed and uh, to be yourself. How does the mind decide whether you create an emotion when you are sensing something? For example, you lift a glass with water and it might be just that, just the sensation. But how, how does the mind decide whether or not to put and attach an emotion to some sensation? Mm -hmm. Okay. I cannot explain how the mind uh, decides because I cannot know how how it is. Uh, uh, I mean, we cannot know why we live, why our heart is beating. But I can explain, just describe. I don't know why, but I can describe how it's happening with emotion when uh, the mind put the sensation to the emotion, like uh, attach. That attached to um, the emotion to sensation. So we can have only three types of sensations, pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. If we have neutral sensations, the mind doesn't activate emotions. And we stay in a still state, we stay open, we stay 
um, we stay how to say still, I would say like that, and active actually. If uh, the sensation is uh, pleasant or more than pleasant, so okay, uh, the mind decides to put the sensation into emotion, like for example, interest, high interest, ecstatic state, or orgasm. If it is a negative, uh, unpleasant sensation, okay, we got uh, we, we get uh, the emotion of low emotional tones. So this is it. It's happening like that, and each emotion has. Uh, its own life and duration so and if we stop the emotion it uh, becomes to be stuck in uh, some of parts of our body and it stays there and it becomes then the emotional tone like the prism through what we start to percept uh, this uh, this world would you say it's easier to get stuck in lower emotional tones than the, and then in the pleasant emotional tones? Uh, so yes, um, in society, usually people think that uh, we are not allowed to produce, to express uh, emotions of low emotional tones. For example, hate, anger, antagonism, apathy, fears, and uh, yeah, people just uh, stay in those uh, hidden emotions. And uh, it's not easier, actually. It uh, provocates a lot of unpleasant things <laughs> and results after. Mm. But yes, uh, it's not about easier or not easier. Just uh, when the person doesn't decide, okay, the prism is coming of uh, low emotional tones. If the person decides to be happy, for example, uh, the prism is changed since this moment and the prism can be through this emotional tone, for example, high interest. Mm, so it's all about deciding whether you want to move from one tone to another. Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting for me to learn and I learned it actually. I remember we were supposed to do this conversation a while back uh, but it didn't happen. And I, in a way, I'm happy because I got to experience your work, what you do through art therapy, through mm -hmm. photo therapy. Mm -hmm. And it was such a revelation for me because exactly what you're saying that we think that we are not allowed to express our low emotional tones. Mm -hmm. You really explained it me through the work that I did with you. And it was such a surprise for me to learn that I'm doing it myself. And you explained it so well that we are creating masks, as you described it back then, when we are like having so much stress going on in our life. And we kind of create those different masks that we wear and we are not even thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Actually, people are not aware about uh, all of those masks, as you call them. Uh, usually, it's about sub-personalities. It's a real, uh, really interesting topic to talk about, because uh, I will explain you how it's working. So, for example, the person has uh, huge stress, and uh, somehow this person cannot express uh, the hate. 
and the hate uh, is hidden somewhere there in some of muscles and uh, the mind is creating the new um, the new organism i would say like this uh, close to the main personality it's a sub personality and this sub personality is uh, reacting and it's more it can be more aggressive for example but it's really kind of another person in this uh, human being mm-hmm. and uh, this uh, process actually helps to the person to to be normal to be healthy psycho- in psychological way uh, and yes it's about masks and some uh, in some um, situations after when the person has also the stress this subpersonality uh, is uh, expressed each time and the person in feels a little bit uncomfortable, yes, because it's kind of another person is uh, going there further uh, and in front of all of those uh, circumstances. But yes, it's just like... Um, the, the thing is uh, to see this personality, to deal with uh, this sub... I mean, sub-personality, to deal with this sub-personality and to get the power back to the main personality. And then uh, the emotional intelligence works in a proper way. Uh, the sensations are uh, neutral. And then uh, we have uh, pure and healthy emotions to be produced, to be expressed. Yeah, Xenia, and you help people to do that. But is there a way how people can... I don't know, track, see uh, their sub-personalities because, you know, like if there is a fight or something, as you said, like something that is causing you so much stress, Mm -hmm. some people say like, oh, I didn't feel like myself at that moment, but they couldn't control it. As you said, they didn't have that control back. Can we trace back those sub-personalities ourselves somehow and do that work on our own? Uh, actually, maybe yes, potentially, but very low percent of it, I mean, of success. It's better for sure to go to some experts who know for sure, who know, who have uh, tools to provide, because there's no way to invent the bicycle. Uh, everything is already invented, and if to go the personal way, uh, it takes more effort and it takes more time. And I mean, I would recommend to go directly to some experts, uh, to professional psychologists to deal it. Because yes, if to, uh, we, we can track it for sure, as you said, um, some, something is happening really weird in stress uh, situation and the person can know for sure it's kind of another personality uh, with another um, perception with another emotional reactions so to track yes for sure the person can track can see can uh, can identify even but to manage uh, we need uh, help I need the person I mean, uh, the person needs help. Someone who who can give tools to manage all of those things. Yeah, because I'm just thinking about the work that me and you did. And in a way, like, uh, 
I knew that in a stressful situations, mm-hmm. I would start uh, being like funny and making jokes, uh-huh. but only through you, I realized that every time when I was supposed to be angry, yeah. I would switch to laughter. And I was like, I couldn't, I could never trace that back myself. So mm-hmm. if we could like, go a little behind the scenes and you could tell people like how do you do that because I had like you explained me a little bit about the process and I thought I I had the idea but the work that we did it was like so transformational and was completely different than I imagined so could you like explain how you work with the person and yeah how how it works yeah, of course, <laughs> I would love with pleasure. So first about um, about the thing, what you said that you um, you would prefer before to love as reaction than to express uh, the, the real anger. Uh, it's about to be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. You felt uncomfortable each time when uh, you were producing this uh, kind of incorrect uh, emotion. And other people, they were accepting it as normal thing from you. So it's kind of that you loved all of those situations, uncomfortable situations. And what, uh, what would they choose? Of course, to give you some more uncomfortable situations if they see that you are laughing, kind of enjoying it. But when you are true to yourself, when you start to produce hate and anger in the correct way, not, uh, not, not to destroy other people, but just like to show that uh, you are not agree with this situation, you don't like it, you don't want it without laughing, without smiling, people can understand that there's no way to give you um, some uncomfortable situations more and to provocate you more and more. But each time when you were giving them this for them, normal reaction, but for you, not normal. They were accepting it uh, as normal reaction. And uh, how do I work with the, with people, with emotions? I just uh, use the things that I was born with. I can see the truth. I can see the structure. And if the person feels uncomfortable producing uh, some emotion, I just ask. And I just give another opportunities. Um, I just give another maybe images and approaches uh, to express it. Um, and the person starts to choose. And it's usually about the tr- truth because each person wants to be accepted and wants to be healthy and wants to be social. And when we produce... Um, not correct kind of replaced emotions, we are not uh, so safe even uh, in society. But each person wants to be hugged, wants to be accepted. And this is uh, up to the person to be true to him or herself first and then to help other people to understand this person, uh, her or himself. So it's about identifying and managing the forms of uh, expression of emotions to let other people know what you feel now, uh, in which state. Because, for example, if the person in low emotional tones, this person needs help. How to ask other people about help? Okay, express and ask for the help. 
but usually people give uh, another forms to just like to to be safe to protect themselves and if the person is happy and if the person lives on high emotional tones it's about expression also that i'm strong i can help you so it's about to be true to yourself it's uh, just like that and uh, my work is uh, to reflect people to find issues in expressions of emotions and to give tools how to how to stay true it really connected me now is to be safe in your own expression mm-hmm. mm. absolutely yes 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 safe in own expression yes I'm interested because you said, okay, yeah, there are two things that I really want to talk with you about is fears and love. And I want to start with love. Uh The first conversation that we had, you told me since the very beginning Uh that you were, you are a warrior of love. And I really love the concept. And then we got a little bit deeper into it. And you said, I'm so much full of love that when I'm entering the space, it sometimes scares other people. Yes. (laughs) And yeah, and love is such an emotion where we think that like everybody wants love. How can we be like scared of it, right? So could you explain it from the psychological perspective, like why people are scared of you bringing so much love into the space? Okay, Um, it's about uh, terms. Love is not emotion. Love is uh, the choice to be healthy. The Mm. choice uh, to have this special state when uh, I would would call it the state when uh, the person is full of goosebumps. And uh, when the person wants to create. If there is a moment of creation, if there is an intention to create, uh, it's about love, but it's not emotion because emotion is really active uh, in muscles in the moment itself. Uh, love can be just like the state without expression, physical expression. So uh, love is a state. And yes, when uh, the person is full of this uh, kind of energy uh, to create, to produce uh, something, this person is full of enthusiasm. When the person is full of enthusiasm, you can imagine, okay, I'm coming into the room and I want, I mean, I even don't want, I need to create something. I'm full of uh, this uh, power. I'm full of strength. I'm full of, I'm full of uh, uh, breathing. I'm full of everything. And I need to create something. And I need other people uh, being on the same level of uh, of intention to create something. And of course, I'm coming. I even don't need to tell other people that I need to create something just right now. But yes, I'm breathing in a special way because uh, I'm breathing deep. My eyes are open. uh, My gesticulation is very active because I need to create, you see? And there are other people, for example, they are in apathy or they are in hidden hate. And they see me and they are shocked. They are, they are scared of me because I can destroy them with uh, my state. And it's not about the love, uh, what destroys other people. No, it's just like uh, it my, it's my power to, to do something right now. And if the person is not ready to create something, it's about uh, 
uh, to destroy. It's mm. a dual thing, like to create or to destroy. And people, uh, they're sitting there or staying in this room and they think that I came to destroy them because the prism, uh, the, the perception of people uh, who live through low emotional tones is just like other people also here to destroy. Mm. And yeah, and I'm calling it the warrior of love because it's kind of the war between uh, warriors of love and warriors of uh, darkness, maybe kind of. Uh, so this is it. And it's not about destroying other people. It's just like about the moment of creation. I need to create something and it's happening like this. And fears also, for example, when the person has uh, fear, fear is emotion because when the fear comes, we can feel it literally in our fingers in uh, the structure of uh, our body. We cannot move even, we cannot walk. So if uh, we live on uh, high emotional tones, we move, we run, we swim, mm -hmm. we jump, we go to, I don't know, uh, we go to the plane to jump with parachute, we make paragliding, we make snowboarding because we are moving. Even that uh, we have some, of course, processes and hormones are produced, but still we are on the topest uh, points of our emotions and we enjoy it. And we're not stuck with uh, our muscles. And fear, uh, when it is low motion tone, emotional tone, uh, the person can feel it and the person is uh, seeing everything through this, uh, through this emotion. And so me, when I'm coming into this room one more time, <laughs> full of love, full of enthusiasm to create something, the intention is so powerful. The person thinks that I came to destroy this person because the fear is so strong and uh, the person cannot move, of course. And I'm breathing. So usually I'm very careful with my emotions with other people because I used to live on high emotional tones. And I prefer to <laughs> to communicate with people also of similar emotional tones to produce a lot of uh, things, interesting products to make them work. You know, the thought that you said, love is the choice to be healthy. Wow. It's like, it resonates so much from the way you explained it, that like, yeah, if you're healthy, if you're active, if you want to create... Mm -hmm. And just standing um, in front of a person who is unhealthy, mm -hmm. it might intimidate him or her, even though you're doing nothing. You're just being yeah. there, as you said. <laughs> yeah. And another thing about fears. Yeah. Uh, you oh. told me so yes. many interesting things about it. How, yeah, first and foremost, that it's like, in our muscles and so on mm -hmm. and yeah I can really feel how emotions can get stuck in the body mm -hmm. if it's the right term to use but you shared that you were born without fears mm -hmm. and I was like how does that even work so could you could you share your point of view from the, from your perspective because it's such an interesting thing uh -huh. and like you understand it as a psychologist but this is your own experience how did you discover that mm, yeah yeah 
Thank you. I mean, I'm smiling now because uh, it's very intimate topic for me. Um, it connect. It's connected uh, to my childhood, of course. I was born in Kazakhstan, and uh, it's both with what I was born and how my parents uh, gave me treatment to me. They they gave me freedom. I could choose always, and I had everything. It was really comfortable, it was really interesting in my childhood, and I was always to discover this world. And I'm so happy that they, they gave me this uh, name. It means uh, traveler and uh, hospitality It's the in, in the same time. I was always about uh, to travel, to make trips, in my subconscious, uh, in uh, amazing places here in this world with my parents and alone and with my friends. And uh, yes, I was making a lot of sports, always extreme things and um, kind of badass I was. <laughs> always <laughs> overcoming borders of uh, social things. But yes, I was child like... Uh, how to say, kind of normal, but I was not normal because everything was, uh, I was allowed to make everything. Um, and I was exploring limits and boundaries and borders. And when uh, I was, uh, I yeah, I think 15, something about 15, I started to be very curious about fears because fear is a limitation. I had never limitations in my childhood. And thank to my parents one more time, they, they said to me, you are free, just live your life, just uh, explore, just discover everything. And in, it, in 15, I was already in Russia, we moved to Russia, and I saw so many uh, children, like, blocked. Um, they were full of limitations, and they were full of... Um, unpleasant moments, I would say like that, in their uh, personalities. And they were, were, were very aggressive to me because I was different. I was happy. I was happy, beautiful, intelligent uh, girl. And um, I just started to ask people what it is, how, how it is to be limited, how it is not to use the power, how it is not to use all of those things that... Uh, um, were imprinted uh, since the beginning, since the birth. And I was so curious that I decided to stay in it and to make researches in emotions of people. And yes, fears, uh, they helped me to stay focused on emotional intelligence and to keep, keep discovering it, this field of human being. And what I found, the fear is actually the limitation, the uh, um, limitation for sure of uh, some of our uh, powerful parts. For example, if the person has the fear of responsibility, it's for sure that this person was born to hold this responsibility and to have this responsibility not only uh, of him or, or her, or all, but also to to keep this responsibility of uh, other people, and to to be this uh, 
this guide for other people and to respond. But it's only about the decision to take it. Uh, yeah, it's uncomfortable for sure always to face the fear and to accept it uh, as a... Um, as a powerful part of the personality but it's happening and it's kind of the miracle because uh, then everything is so obvious and everything is uh, becoming so easy and simple when the fear is uh, not the limitation anymore but uh, this power of uh, the person so yes this is uh, kind of about the fears and i'm i'm so uh, I'm so curious always about fears of other people and and fears can be for sure stuck in muscles and in free diving I can, I can see it so clearly when I'm working as psychologist and instructor in free diving how it's how it is um, how it's uh, in muscles and I can I can see it all obviously and we can uh, take it out of muscles and the person can be relaxed more and more each time uh, with accepting uh, all of those fears. Yeah, this is it. I'm very curious when you say that you can see like the muscles tensed and so on. Mm. Can you say, depending on which part is tensed, what kind of fear a person has okay it's a very fragile topic okay yeah <laughs> because it's about it's about the um, psychosomatical part of our body where the emotions uh, are connected to the body uh, the most obvious thing is uh, for example three zones uh, through through which we react on the stress. The first one is feet. When yeah. we have fear to move, for example, we cannot move. We cannot move our feet. It's obvious, right? Then uh, the second zone. Uh, the second zone is uh, our hips and the lower part of uh, the back. It's about actually sexuality. And, and it's obvious, actually, also, right? It's about sexual organs. Um, it's about being expressed as a woman or as a man in the society. It's about creativity also, because sexual uh, part of us is connected to creativity. And the third uh, zone is uh, shoulders and the neck. It's about uh, how the person is ready to breathe and how the person is ready to respond uh, on decisions. If I said something, I need to respond on it. So it's uh, the fear of responsibility, actually. And we react uh, on, uh, on the stress uh, through this uh, third zone also. So it's uh, the most obvious, uh, I would say, like this uh, three zones uh, that I would uh, discuss. And each person... Uh, has a clear response on these three zones. What is hidden there? So, for example, the fear of uh, movement, the fear to move to the future, to projects, it's about uh, feet. Then the fear to be expressed as woman or as, uh, as a man. And now, actually, it's a huge problem in our society because people don't know, actually, who they are 
sexually, uh, like gender, through the gender, men or women. It's a mix of a lot of things, and uh, it's uh, it's stuck there in in hips. It can be the tension there, the huge one. And the third zone, uh, responsibility, and uh, the origin of uh, of this fear to create the future. It's here also in uh, in shoulders, like the stones on shoulders. And through art therapy, it's actually easy and simple to see all of those uh, forms of the fear of responsibility, maybe stones or something. We can see that uh, through the drawing, and we can let it go, we can manage, uh, and we can switch the fear from the limitation to the power of the person, and to release the tension from all of those muscles. That is so interesting. I was just listening to it because uh, we talked about it just a little bit. Uh, you said that fear is very much connected to when you feel, um, oh shit, what is the word? <laughs> when you're shaking, when you're cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Explain me that. And, and you told me about those zones that like you can move those and you can, and it means that when you're scared, when you're in a fear, mm -hmm. you're not in a prison moment. Mm -hmm. And it was a different way of looking into what it means to be in a present moment. Mm -hmm. It's about releasing fears. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But isn't, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. You wanted to say something? Yeah, I wanted to say about uh, this thing that uh, when, when people are going to the depth in freediving, they usually use uh, wetsuits and they have this protection for their minds uh, not to be cold, not to freeze. But uh, yes, when the person starts to freeze, starts to shake and to be cold, it's about uh, releasing the muscles. It's uh, when the tension is going out of muscles. And it's about the past, in any case, because in the past uh, was created this tension. And now the only one way to, uh, to manage it is to accept that in the past it was some hidden emotion that started to live there in the, some of those muscles. And if to accept and if to come back to the sensations as a natural process of mechanics of our body, the tension is going away. So it's always about uh, exhaling and relaxing. So, and we can, uh, through the position of the body, through the breathing, to come back to the moment here and now. And yes, it's so interesting about fears. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah I was just thinking now that naturally animals, when they are faced with like some threats uh with danger after that they are naturally like shaking and releasing the tension mm -hmm. and we as humans uh we have probably those mechanics but we are not using them anymore because as you said we have social norms what is allowed it what is not allowed it and we are kind of trapped in the prison mm -hmm. of what we are supposed to be and we are not living our lives free without limitations as you explained mm -hmm. but would you say is it 
is it the is this the goal to try to release all of the fears that we have inside ourselves? Hmm. Uh, it depends on each person. So, if the person decides to live the simple life, to accept things, to be happy, to travel, to communicate with a lot of uh, different people, to discover this world, okay, there is a way to accept the mechanics of emotions. And also, of course, a lot of things, uh, other things. But if we talk about emotional intelligence, yes, it's about acceptance of fears. Uh, even the facing, the only one fact, facing fears, it helps a lot. Because just to see the reflection of fears helps incredibly. Because after, it depends uh, on the person um, to work with them or not to work, to, you know, to use them as tools or not, all of those uh, fears. No, 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 it's just like about only, only the one thing. It can be the goal to face the fears, to accept them and to understand why those limitations were created. For example, when the person was born to, to be the huge manager and to, to have this responsibility, the huge one, and to care about other people. Uh, for example, this person is small, the child, eight years old. And uh, this uh, responsibility starts to be produced uh, by this person. And usually in the society, it's, uh, it's uh, accepted with uh, some against, I would say like that. And uh, adults start to say, Oh, you are too much. You are you are too small person to be to to have this responsibility for other people. No, stop because it's not for you. And they start to block it. And then after like many years, uh, maybe this person uh, decides one more time with more courage to produce uh, to express this responsibility. It works. And you see, it's all about social um, social acceptance. If there are some uh, uh, wise people around this uh, small person, the fears, they, they're just like, they don't start to be fears as limitations. I think it was uh, like this uh, in my childhood. Maybe I had some, for sure, uh, because I'm a human being. But each time when I was uh, expressing some things, it was accepted. So it, uh, it, was, it had no form of limitation. It was the form of my power. And this is it. It was the form of freedom. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Just to discover this world and to, to, to give myself to other people, to be the... Uh, effective, uh, efficient, this efficient part of the society with my skills and with things that, uh, with what I was born. It sounds me uh, a little bit of a Steiner, like it reminded me of the Steiner philosophy as you explained uh, that, and I just want to make sure if I got it right from uh -huh. what you said, but uh, we, when we are little, we kind of have um, I don't know, some sort of personality personality characteristics that we bring to this world, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then if we are not limited, if we are not stopped, we could really like develop it and like we kind of like, I don't know, 
have something inside of us that we can develop and be, yeah, I don't know, develop it and just be someone. Like, so we have it from the childhood then when we are, what we are willing to do here, something like that. Actually, not from childhood even, but from the birth, from the moment of coming into this world. And for sure, every single person has uh, the unique mix of uh, personality characteristics. It's for sure like that. But when uh, each person has uh, this uh, special life, there are so many things happening, especially in childhood. And if uh, we have uh, the example of uh, trauma, for example, we spoke already today, we, we talked about sub-personalities. So uh, most of sub-personalities, uh, they uh, start to live in the human being in childhood, actually. And personality characteristics, they are still there, but uh, each uh, sub-personality gets another characteristics and it's the mix then and the person cannot understand even what is going on after and other people also they cannot get it and the main thing is uh, to distance to to create the distance between uh, the original personality characteristics it's what we are making i mean i'm making with my clients we are coming back to the moment of the birth uh, we are uh, projecting, like uh, we are uh, putting light uh, to all of those characteristics uh, from the be- from the beginning, and we see each uh, moment uh, of uh, the trauma and potential subpersonality that uh, was born as reaction on this trauma, and we put on the side all of those uh, subpersonality characteristics as. Uh, like protection uh, of the human being through through all of those circumstances, and we we're getting back all of those uh, original characteristic to the person to develop them, but not to develop uh, unnatural uh, characteristics of uh, subpersonalities. I can really see you see why you love free diving so much because. The thing that you explain that it's like going back to the moment of your birth. And another thought that came to my head was it is kind of ironic and strange that we are getting back to ourselves, right? Like this process that you're doing with the clients. Uh But as you said, you need so much bravery to face your fears to see your sub-personalities, even though you're going back to the original you, isn't it? Yeah, it's about bravery, for sure. And uh, (laughs) ironic is the thing that uh, a lot of people, they say, oh, freediving is just a sport. It's it's only the sport. And I'm uh, always replying, of course, freediving is only the sport. But it depends on mm, on the fact how open the person is to the experience. There are some people, of course, they make it as a sport, but also they use it as a tool to become closer to their essence. You see? And it's really ironic. And each time I'm just laughing and smiling when people are trying to prove me 
that it's only the sport. But how? I mean, the person goes uh, on 30 meters, uh, holding the breath uh, and having this uh, form of uh, embryo, like it was in the belly of mom, and trying to prove me that it's just like the sport. The position is it's the same. The sensations are the same. And when we relax, we get back this trust to mom to external circumstances and the main thing to the body itself because yes. the body is the perfect mechanism the, the the perfect thing is just perfection and yes um, it's about bravery to to see things to accept things and uh, what else yeah and subpersonality for example it's too deep for people who has no who have no uh, psychological education and uh, if to explain uh, small things, uh, like triggers and uh, yeah, just small details about what subpersonality is, the person uh, opens uh, the eyes and says, yes, I have it. If uh, it was no, for example, uh, there was no psychological sessions to release all of those things. And yes, it's about bravery, to, it's about courage to face the essence itself like i have uh, some years to live for example i will die i was born i'm not perfect and it's at the same time my body is working in a perfect uh, uh, how to say in a perfect um, order order perfect yes. Perfect. yes yes so it's a lot of things, and it's uh, more about philosophy also, like the love uh, to accept this uh, wise thing about uh, the world itself. Uh, yes, it is sport, and yes, it is our personalities, and it's connected. I love free diving, because through the simple, simplest thing ever, uh, it's becoming everything so obvious, and people are becoming closer to their essences. Yeah, I love it. It is so funny as you are like describing it and I'm sitting here and smiling. Mm, yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, when you said that our bodies know and we need to trust it. Yeah. And I was I'm like, yeah, why do we lose that trust in the first place? Like our bodies, as you said, and as I experienced, they are so intelligent, but somehow we are uh, we are either tricked by the mind or we are either tricked by others that mm -hmm. there is something else that knows better than ourselves. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. If to let uh, the body work, uh, the body works, and this is it. If to <laughs> if to not uh, let the body work, it will not work in a proper way, and the person will get a lot of illnesses and stuff like it will become sick. Because uh, we don't allow the body be the body itself. We, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's still about the trust. And uh, I just was thinking about the the first cries of the person uh, when the person starts to speak. It's about the speech itself. When the person says me, I, my mom, my dad, and it's. Uh, um this is uh, the, the the first like the second the first the crisis uh, when the person uh, comes into this world the second one when the, the person needs to be alone kind of 
because the person is not mom anymore, is not dad, is not rain anymore, is not this wind anymore. And if to come back to this uh, uh, period, and if to let uh, those things go, and if to, you know, if to say uh, that I'm still the whole with the world, I'm still the whole with my mom, I'm still the whole with my dad because I'm the flesh of my mom and dad, it's uh, much more easier to live. It's much more simple to live. And even goosebumps can, uh, can uh, come uh, because of this understanding that I'm not the opposite of my parents. I'm not the opposite of other people. I'm the whole. I am uh, the one. And it's helping already. And if to reduce, if to come back um, to the moment itself, uh, to come to this world, it's the same. Just imagination, just visualization. Uh, that uh, I can trust myself, I can trust my body. I was born and this is it. How I made it? It was me who made it. Uh, I came from my mom, so I can trust myself, my body. How? It was made by me, by my body. And also, for example, when I started to walk, when I started to swim, when I was making a lot of things with my body, when I made this equalization in the water, not, you know, letting my body work in a proper way. I didn't force myself to make a causation. My body just decided to make it by itself and the causation was perfect. Even mouse feel, I mean, uh, it's working. If to let the body work, if to release the tension, if to trust, if to go there in all of those unpleasant moments uh, to be open more and to trust more, it's working. So would you say, is it more about being guided by the body? first and then by the month or the other way around? Uh, it depends on the person because there are some uh, people. Um, I mean, there, there's no, you know, there's no one recommendation. There's no yeah. one way for all of uh, people. But for sure, when the body says, I'm not comfortable, okay, stand up and go there where it is comfortable for the body. First thing always mm -hmm. is about safety. When the body is safe, the mind will be also safe. When the body is not safe, when the person is not making stretching, when the person is not swimming, not hiking, not, uh, uh, how to say, not drinking uh, some liquid or, I don't know, uh, not having proper food, the body is struggling. When the body is struggling, the mind will, will, all be, will always be there to, to say, I'm not also comfortable. Please create the circumstances. And uh, for me, the first thing is body always. When mm. the body is uh, okay, when the nutrition is perfect, when the circumstances are perfect for the body, sensations are really uh, powerful and sensations are neutral. A uh, little bit plus to pleasant sensations. And then the emotions are also natural because the body is uh, absolutely okay. And then the mind is telling, okay, I'm also okay. And the mind is creating a lot of forms uh, uh, to create circumstances where some products can be produced. So I think, yes. It's still connected. I mean, always, for sure. It's the whole thing. And the mind yeah. is always helping to... Uh, regulate the mechanics of the body that we 
I mean, no one knows how it's working, uh, why why it's working. How? Yes, we can just try to explain or to understand what, but still. And it's the thing to let the body work and <laughs> let, let the body work. <laughs> I love how you're not giving, you know, oh, there, this is just one way and this is how you are, you need to do things. I love how you're like saying that it always depends on the person and so on. And yeah, I love your perspective that there's no one right way. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, yes. Everyone knows uh, his or her personal way, and uh, we are here to reflect. When there is a purity with sensations and emotions, we are just like pure reflections, and we can help uh, if we are true to ourselves. We can help with this purity to other people to reflect all of those also pure things or issues to other people. That's beautiful. Ksenia, yeah. where people can find you and connect with you if they want to have uh, sessions with you? Yeah, it's uh, Instagram. Uh, easy. Direct, direct, direct messages in Instagram. Okay. And I will there put... always online. I, I live in uh, Dahab, so offline it's uh, about Dahab. Online uh, each time. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll put your Instagram handle in the show notes then. Okay, okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was my pleasure. It's always such a pleasure mm. talking with you. Thank you. My also pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode, another conversation with Long Live. I love creating this podcast and sharing these conversations with you. If you're looking for meaningful support, which we all need, join the Long Live tribe and subscribe to the Less Stress Challenge in the show notes. Thank you once again sincerely for listening and if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button or follow button wherever you are listening to automatically get notified when a new episode is released. If you found it insightful, share it with a friend.